Till the tears run down from my eyes Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Somebody to love Alexa, play hits from Queen Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Uh, hey, everybody. It's Steve Agee. You may remember me from a podcast a year or so ago called Steve Agee Uh that I completely gave up on. Well, it's back. And um, obviously, you know that because you're listening to it right now. And uh, part of the reason for that being is the good folk here at Feral Audio, uh, more specifically Dustin. And um, yeah, they offered a place for me to put up the old episodes that I'd done, which uh, we'll probably slowly be bringing them back as bonus episodes or something. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, let's do that. And then I started thinking, well, shit, I have a place to put it now, so I might as well just do new episodes. So that's how we have uh, um, being back. And I'm really excited um, because we have good equipment here <laughs> at, at Feral. And um, I'm happy to be here with people like Brody and Allie and Georgia and Esther and everybody. So, uh, yeah, that's really basically the story of how it came back. I uh, was just lazy and I didn't want to do a bunch of podcast myself that i was paying <laughs> part of it is i didn't want to pay for them myself and so uh you know when dustin gave me the opportunity to you know host them i was like yeah this is a great idea also uh i was really hesitant in the fact that there's so many podcasts and uh and so many podcasts from my friends within my group of friends my comedian friends so you know like you know, Paul F. Tompkins or Patton or Kamel Nanjiani or Pete Holmes, you know, you, we've heard them on other podcasts. Granted, they're always great, but I was like, oh, you know, I, I'm really scared because I don't want to, you know, rehash shit that's already been out there. So um, that's part of the reason why we have my first guest today, uh, Juliette Lewis, who uh, I only met like a year ago and we really hit it off. She's super cool. She's awesome. I've been a fan of hers and her movies for a long time. And I was like, oh my God, this will be great. I can get Juliet to be my first guest. Someone who hasn't done a podcast before. She's never done a podcast. Um, so I think it works out perfect for everyone. And hopefully I know <laughs> enough people or, <laughs> or can reach out to enough people on Twitter that I can you know, also mix in some guests now and then who you haven't heard before. And um, yeah, just listen to me be a, a douche not a douche, a fucking goofball uh, with my friends. And um, that's it. So I don't want to do a long rant that people, you know, are going to want to fast forward through. So this is just an explanation of why I'm here, how I got back here. And um, so pay attention. And I hope you like the first episode with Juliette Lewis. Do I should I turn my phone off? I should just anyway. I think it's rude that you would even have to ask that question. Yeah, you're so right. Why do I need it on? That's Be professional. Stupid. All right. It's How long have you been in the business? 
Showbiz. Like, what was your first acting gig? I love show business, right? <laughs> <laughs> the business. Um, the business of show. The this got official really fast, really hard. No, it's still no, conversational. Wait, are we having a conversation? No, this was, was in no regards to the phone and you being unprofessional oh and not God, turning it off. I was like, holy shit, is this the launch <laughs> into the interview? We didn't even have an advertiser. What? Okay, so, oh, yeah, so my first professional job was when I was 13. And it was a mini series for Showtime. Um, and that's it. Oh, uh, with Max Perlick. Do you know him? I know that name. Really? It's your favorite engineer, Dustin, producer Dustin's favorite actor. Yeah. Why why do I know the name? He's done a lot of... Other than the show that you did. He's done a lot of strange indie movies. And I just knew he was a skateboarder. He was probably the first... No, not the first skateboarder I knew, actually. I knew one in junior high. That's how popular skateboarding was back then. I knew one, no, no two skateboarding skateboard was kids. really popular. No, I know. But I mean, it wasn't, it, it was still subculture. Yeah. You know, you're right. Did you I, marry a skateboarder? Yes, I did. A professional skateboarder. <laughs> yes, a professional. So your skateboarding roots go way back. I get not really. That was my point. Do you Steve. skate at all? No. My point was I didn't know any skateboarders. I hung with some other weird kids. shady types. Totally shady. I think I was into the 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 criminal element early on in life. It, like the dark trying, side. I don't know. I was like before I knew how to put it in drama and find it in film, I was would try to get it into my life. Like yeah, where you're that's normal. That's called being a te- that's called being a teenager. Not everyone chases runs toward that's the edge. That's true. I did. I was. I mean, I got kicked out of two high schools and got sent to military school. Oh my God! See, my first two boyfriends. I don't know why I went. Uh, oh up here that's crazy i got really excited. oh my god no, but is it, no wonder we're friends my first two boyfriends military school was a real popular they went to military school yes do you know which ones um oh valley carlsbad oh. one guy he i dated this, this guy from pacific palisades and he <laughs> he heartbroken uh, why are you laughing? He broke your heart or you broke? You seem no, like No, he left. Breaker. I oh, did yeah. break his heart because I didn't wait for him at 12. Uh, at 12 from the... It's amazing you were even dating at 12. No, I know. I, <laughs> I was, just started dating like a year ago. He, <laughs> I know. Why did I say 12? <laughs> I should have said 13. Yeah, maybe. I, no, I turned 13. You're from a <laughs> progressive family? Yes, I am. By the way, and I didn't know this until recently. Is this the interview? This is it's a, Are we we're just cut anything out. We're, I'm just by the way, this is my first podcast back. Like this is my comeback podcast. Woo! They, they don't call it a comeback. Cue fucking what's this? Cool J. J. No, I uh, knock you out right now. I uh, I yes. did like fifty episodes of a podcast and <laughs> kind of just got tired of paying for it myself. And then Dustin here was like, "We'll host your podcast." Yes, Steve, get it together. Like, yeah, this- uh, but I was like. One of the reasons I stopped podcasting was because everybody I know, except you, has a podcast. Right. And like in the comedy community, like we all know each other. So it's like, oh, yeah, I could get Pete Holmes or Paul F. Tompkins on my podcast, but he's been on everybody Mm. else's podcast. And I was like, I don't have a gimmick. So it's like, I'm like, why am I competing with all the other podcasts? So when I 
agreed to start doing it again. I was like, I got to have a good first guest. Shit. And you were the first person I thought of. No pressure. I better. Because you haven't done podcasts. Never. This is, I don't want to use the freaking virgin, anyway, virgin territory. Let's say that. Your first timer. Yeah. Okay. So what I was going to say is this is just like you, Steve, because didn't you like quit? Uh, you can't see my air quotes at home, people. Didn't you quit Twitter for a minute after a million followers? Like, who does that? I just did a podcast before you got here in the same room with Esther. Esther has little Esther. Yes, has a podcast. I love I like her a lot. Oh, just from Twitter. I, I just know. did her okay. podcast and we talked about me quitting Twitter. But yeah, I. People seethe with envy when they hear that people a million me, followers. Me. <laughs> yeah, like who does this is the same story. I don't How know. How many followers do you have? Um wait a hundred and You have over a hundred. Wait, ninety. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I'm aiming we're almost to two hundred thousand. So I'm like at a hundred and ninety-five. Now here's the thing. Uh, why people count. This isn't just like to walk around with a badge on my t-shirt. I'm at this point of pride. Followers. It literally is. Um, so that in the future when I make music and I have shows and that's your army. And as an artist today, yeah. Entertainers. Yeah. Artists. Artists. I mean, is that a bad word? Artists. People consider only if you do fine art, but no, no, any kind of creativity. Wackadoo. Creative. Wackaduity is my favorite art form. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was, but it, I was, I had like a million followers yeah. under like false pretense. A lot of people, I was on a list where people would automatically be following me when they signed up. Like they really? were just what like, is it? how do I get on this? I don't list? think that how list exists work? anymore. Now it's just recommended followers. Yes. But so it was like a lot of people who didn't know who I was mm. were following me. So, I kind of just cleaned house and now, you know, I've got 55,000 followers or whatever, but right. it feels legitimate. Like you earned it. Yeah. They're nice followers. Like, and I'm sure with yours, like you have like almost 200,000 followers. It wasn't like no, I, people who are like, who the fuck is this? And why am I following her? Yeah. I think some people follow me because they've learned that I'm, you know, slightly entertaining or a little bit wacky. Should I say wacky? Now I'm going to self-edit. Stop it. Get out of it, your it's head. It's all right. Okay. That's normal. Right. Oh, it is. It yeah, thinks. everyone does. I Do they const- do that on podcasts? Everybody does. A- anybody who is in their entertainment, like, self-edits and... Uh, I, I constantly second guess myself. Yeah, I think it's in interviewing mediums. Anyway. Okay, so what were we saying? I forgot. Um, just Twitter and, and how it helps you. Oh yeah. I started with 30,000 followers and I feel like here's what's amazing. Um, just about that medium. And well, for me, I'm an independent musician. A lot of people don't know this, but I'm independent. So I don't have like this machine, uh, you know, with big PR campaigns and stuff like that. Now, granted, I have, uh, different opportunities because I came from film, but I also am judged 10 times harder. Way more, yeah. Yeah, so, which I think is hilarious. I always say, I'm always, that's when I get all cocky. I'm like, that means I have to be 10 times better. Woohoo, rock and roll. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, the caffeine's kicking in. <laughs> yeah, green I've tea. I've seen you perform a couple times. You're like, you have the best stage presence. You are such a good, Thank and maybe you. that comes also from 
you being an actress and a performer. You're a performer. It's, I'm a performer because people say that and they do not translate that medium. Like, because acting and film is so insular and cerebral and, and detailed and it's very isolating. Mm-hmm. Performing is a different animal to me. I, I, live performing. Yeah. Live performing to it's me instant. Is, is it's instant, but it's also spiritual. I don't want to get all loose. Uh, everyone's like, click. No, I didn't <laughs> click like we're on a phone. They can click off if they want. Yeah. I don't give a shit. No, here's it. I'll get all metaphysical alchemy. I liken live performance because you're moving energy. You're taking energy of the room. You're taking stone people, uh, angry people, <laughs> fucked up people. Stoned angry people. Yeah, you're taking bored people. You're taking all kinds and you're changing that that energy into hopefully what I like to change them into is some wild uh, hooligans and we all let ourselves yeah, go. flip over some police cars after yeah, the show. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few fights. <laughs> no, there's been so many things at shows, but anyway. What's the most no, fucked up fight, thing that's but, happened at one of your shows? Uh, well, a couple times the cops came. Like in San Diego, we played this club. Again, I really wish I would, could match the club to the city. Oh, Was Kasbah. it Casbah? Yeah. yeah, thank you. Er, in the early days, first of all, I've been doing this nine years now. I haven't been on tour in a couple of years. I miss it. But um, um, so like eight years ago, my one of my first shows, we had a couple fights that all so, in chick fights, and, and yeah. it usually be people up front trying to stake out their yeah, territory. Like I got here first. Yeah, no, I'm here. Yeah, and these girls totally started brawling, and I guess that it was bad enough. while you were playing. Did you have to stop? Um, say, yeah, I usually ladies. stop. Yeah, I'll stop if there's a fight. No, but this was even before. The, no, it went into the show. I don't know, but the cops came. That happened twice. <laughs> um, another thing is people, the gifts people give me. Are, Ooh, yeah. Well, here's the thing about music, which I love. Again, I'm not quarantined in a freaking palace of a bus with 50 or three bodyguards. I don't have a bodyguard. Yeah. I have my tour manager. He acts as a pit bull. He's pretty awesome. Yeah. But so I'm very, um, you know, I, I'm just very loving. Like, I really like the connection that music gives you yeah. uh, to people. But with that said... That's not always a good thing because then there's no wall barring me from certain um, types of people. Yeah, there's been a few few uh, sketchy incidents, um, but uh, one one girl uh, in Eugene, Oregon. Is, I do remember certain places because they sometimes they have a weird vibe. Yeah. Okay, Eugene, Oregon. I think there's a lot of meth in the, the, the over a there. A lot of meth. Okay. They made a whole movie about it called Spun. <laughs> Oh, hello. Well, you can feel that. Yeah. You can feel what's going down. I'm like really sensitive to energy. Anyway, so this, <laughs> you can feel, you're like, yeah, okay, but okay, there's hippie. just math there. <laughs> That's what I am. Okay, yeah. so, but I show there, I'm like, woo, something's in the air. But this girl, she's like, hey, Juliet. She stops me outside the bus. She's like, I made you a present. And they were big old feathered. Uh, earrings like hey I like those are great she goes yeah I made them for my rooster in my backyard (laughs) and they had like the cartilage on them like this wasn't a feather she found on the ground there was straight up voodoo gifts (laughs) Uh, uh, so I don't know it was a nice sentiment did you wear them 
I did. <laughs> I did at one point. You weren't grossed out enough not to wear them. I was grossed out, and then I was like, hey, if, you know, some Native Americans do Dip it. them in Well, I just went to Portland, and the necklace jewelry ma- maker, they wrote a nice note, and then they gave me part of a deer jawbone. It's like, ah, I don't really need that on a necklace. <laughs> thank you. Where, where did we meet? Yeah. Um, oh, we met. No, no, we met at a uh, a benefit concert in at the Hilton, Beverly Hills. It was Linda Perry's was doing a benefit, and Sarah performed, and I went with Sarah. Yeah, I think that's where we met. So yeah. I was friends with your sister and your brother-in-law, and Ethan. Ethan. I know we had friends of friends, but that was the first time we officially met, and you took. A couple pictures backstage, and they were good. They're, I just remember, I'm like, yay, good picture taker. You're one of those people that has to have photo approval. When, no, I like, don't let know. Let me see it. Let me see the Maybe photo. Maybe now. And the, okay, here's the thing. Because I went so long without vanity issues, and there's just yep. some horrendous pictures of me online. Now I'm like, hey, wait a second. Maybe I should like give a shit about what I look like. No. <laughs> I I was looking because I was doing research, even though I know you, but I was doing research and I was uh, looking on IMDb. Amazing photos of you with cornrows. Yeah. That's amazing. Wait, before we get into that, be, on IMDb, there is a picture on there. When I was walking from my tour bus, having just woken up at 10 a.m. <laughs> into the fucking venue, literally, if you rolled out of bed, it was in Germany. And there's 20 photographers, and I didn't have enough sense to block, yeah. you know, have a freaking veil on. Yeah. That's the dog shit photo <laughs> you see of the messy. So if you see and you're like, what is her problem? Okay, I just rolled out of bed. I was yeah. on tour and All I right. went into the venue. I hadn't even brushed my teeth. Calm down. All right. Um, what happened? It, corn rose at the Oscars. What years? Oh, that was the Oscars. Yeah. What year was that? 91 and what were you there for i think i was 19 i was really young um i got nominated for cape fear yeah that movie is so goddamn good thank you was it fun or was it really exhausting all this stuff all that showbiz stuff did my head in so that's not what i classified as fun Fun. that was a job that i had to learn how to do and again because i have a cowboy of a father who's kind of a renegade um, i want to talk about your father yeah and he's a character actor and he doesn't have you know i wasn't raised even though i grew up here i was not raised as a hollywood child yeah and um so i my long preamble is i wasn't groomed for this business as far as like stylist publicist and knowing what to expect. Mm. So even when I go to a place like that and you run a gauntlet and you're supposed to give interviews like a politician for, you know, um, this long stretch, 30 interviews at 19. I don't know how to, I had to just wing it. Okay. So why did you wear cornrows? That was my But That was the nineties too. Like, I don't think anybody, let's not take away my weirdness, Steve. That's true. You're I don't think, Anybody, the, this, why I wore those braids, that's my black roots right there. I like to call them gangster yeah, braids. Yeah. And um, I had a friend when I was a teenager, <clears throat> I had a friend do my hair like that. And 
I don't know. It made me feel royal. Royal? Is that really? Regal? Regal. Well, I meant to say regal, but could you do royal? Whatever. Interchangeable. It made me feel strong (laughs) and bold and... um, I don't know, and I didn't. I I don't know why. You wanted to do all that matters is you wanted to do it. Here's and you did the thing: it. I didn't have. I don't have a lot of pre meditation. A lot of my rebellion is, comes from a place of innocence. Yeah, and impulse, yeah. and yeah, I don't know. So that was fun. Who are you up against? Um, well, I know who, who won. Who won? Mercedes Rule for the Fisher King. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, and um. Oh my God! No, if I told you that time, but she should have won. I'm this young upstart who doesn't know how well, she to was good. run the game. Here's yeah. what I, I want to explain to you: how bad I was at at running for uh, running for office. No, uh, it's it is like campaigning, but sure, yeah. how bad I was at interviews because I was I couldn't deal with the attention. It was overwhelming. So I got <laughs> asked questions. Dig this. Yeah. You, you're gonna laugh because I thought about it. A few um, a few years ago when I had to uh, d- do all these interviews again anyway um, for this movie Conviction uh, but I, an interview said gosh Juliet you're 19 years old what it does it feel like it must feel incredible you're one of the youngest people there wasn't that many young people at that time who'd been um, nominated uh, how does it feel I said well it doesn't change the fact that people are still getting raped and murdered. In the world. <laughs> oh my god! You're being political. To take the mic away from a 19-year-old, even though that's a true statement. It is true. But it was very Fiona Apple. That's yeah. why I related to what she said way back when. And I, I just know, saw yeah. her uh, in concert last week. Oh, I missed her in Portland. So what? So how is good. it? So good. So good. What's her what uh, material is she doing? Like what she has a new album out that yeah I know. And I I I think she maybe only did four songs off the new album. The the rest was all just you know popular shit that everyone loved. Wow, really? So good, yeah. No, she's still touring. She's got more dates. It's a person like that. It's just it's there's only a few, a handful today that are our Bob Dylans of this generation or of that. I mean, you could say other songwriters, but of that caliber, I just think Fiona Apple is pretty. She's a poet. She's rad. Yeah, or uh, Leonard Cohen or something. Yeah, yeah she's pretty special. Or uh, Axl Rose. What <laughs> 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 Did we cover anything that made any sense? No, that's good though. I I I prefer not to. You're okay. So your father. Which I didn't know for until maybe last a year ago. Yeah, was Jeffrey Lewis. Jeffrey Lewis, who was I? I grew up. I love Clint Eastwood and every which way you can, every, every which way but loose, any which way you can. Yeah, he's he's the side. He's he's the sidekick. He's, he's the second banana. Him yeah, and the, uh, he's so good. He was so great. Oh, that's nice. And I met him at your sister's house. Uh, oh, that's right. I think one of the last times I saw you, and uh, I was—I could barely hide how excited I was to meet <laughs> your father. That's he's nice. He's awesome, yeah. And yeah. he's legitimately—he's friends with uh, Clint Eastwood, right? Friendly. I mean, he's my dad's an older guy, and they 
They yeah. worked a lot together. They worked a lot together. I, they did more than a handful of movies. High Plains Drifter. Yeah. This is legendary one. He's the bad guy. But my dad sort of taught me everything I know about this business. And when I say that, he, he, I mean by example, just by being around. Cause my dad, like a lot of dads, he's not like a verbal sit down. This is what you need to know. Of course. Just by being in the environment. I was on movie sets when I was young and stuff. And I just learned that it was a really colorful profession with a lot of interesting people. Long days can be incredibly boring. You know, I like yeah. knew the real thing of the work, the working of uh, 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 the work ethic and stuff of uh, actor life, and that you don't always get the glory, and there's highs and lows in a career. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was that's my dad, and he did everything. No job was like uh, beneath him. He that's did awesome. Uh, Laverne and Shirley, cowboy movies, Laverne comedies, dra that's... dramas. Yeah, Ugh. he did it all. So that I, I, and it's longevity. So he yeah. taught me that is like the, the you're aiming for this just a span. If that's what Slow you want to do, steady wins the race. Yeah, wanna, yeah. All those things. I'm a fan of your father. I'm a fan of yours too. Thanks. Um, what do you do in your free time? time? I can't believe this is a serious interview. Well, no, no, that's not bad. Uh, sorry. Anytime I text you. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm in London, or you, uh, know, you were. I mean, you were working in Toronto for a while, but then you're like, I'm moving. I'm moving to London. I miss me. I'm my leaving old Toronto self. and I'm moving to London. Yes. Ugh, I miss. Well, here's what happened. I was on the road for the better part of seven years with my young rock band. When I my young rock band, what? Yeah, it's a young rock band. Yeah. So I turned thirty, and I was like, holy shit. Wow, remember you wanted to be a singer and a songwriter? What are you doing? Yeah. So I, I gave everything to that, and I'll still uh, put out another record. It's just now I'm trying to do both. So my point is I got off the road, and now it's in my blood. I can't... Well, actually, it was always like that. I always moved. Yeah. But yeah, now I just have to travel. I've seen so much of the world, or not seen it, but been there. You like, you like travel. I just you love like it. living in hotels. I hate living in hotels. I just love the unfamiliar. I love, I love meeting new people. I love new spaces. Mm -hmm. But don't get me wrong. I'm a split. What am I? I'm Gemini and a Cancer. I don't know. If that, <laughs> I don't know if that means anything. The point is, I I do like my comforts. Yeah. But yeah, I like you know the the whole thing too is getting older. I, I feel like time is much more valuable, so I never mm. want to just sit still. Now, this month, this month, I'm learning how to sit still. <laughs> yeah. Or live day to day a little bit better. So are you so, permanently in L.A. now? I am. I think even when I left, uh, I've been uh, uh, traveling so much. I, I do like California. Yeah. I consider it my home. Except I thought about today when it's 105. Yeah. Now I want to be like in the tropics. I think I'll eventually I'll get a place in Mexico though. I'm kind of in love with, oh, with I, Mexico. I can't. You hate Mexico. I once got. Um, I should say Cabo San Lucas. I got threatened is, at gunpoint in Mexico. Oh shit! Like, you had one of those experiences. Yeah, I was forced onto my knees and like had like eight guys with machine guns like put the gun barrels up against my head and they were screaming at me and. Spanish, I couldn't, which I didn't understand, but they were all just like, 
yelling at me and my friend. I thought, and my friend was with, with me too. We were, were down there to go surfing and we were just lighting off fireworks one day and these guys came out of nowhere and like screaming at oh us. And God. the second they told us to get on our knees, I was like, oh fuck, we're going to be executed. It's execution time. And my friend, I looked over at my friend while they were screaming at us and he had just had the most blank like, he went into shock. He left his body. That's he when you're over the corner around. viewing yeah. the situation. He was nowhere around. I was screaming back at the guys. I don't fucking understand you. Don't. I'm like, we're just surfers. No comprende. Yeah, please don't fucking kill us. And they didn't kill us. They just told us to get the fuck out of Mexico and never come back. And I have never been back since. That is so sad. Yeah. You need to get this 25 is years. To get back on the horse thing because you got bucked off. No, not really. But they, they didn't even take your money. That's Mm-mm. just sadistic. Screamed at us, threatened us, and then uh, made us leave, which that I was happy to do. Sad. Okay, that's a segue, though. But yeah, you have story. fun. In, have fun in Mexico, Julia. What? Enjoy your time. Enjoy your new house down in Mexico. With the banditos. (laughs) Um, That story, though, reminds me. I've watched I Survived. Do you know this show? I don't know that show, but I know, like, I Shouldn't Be Alive. Okay. Those types of shows. Either one. I Survived is what you're saying. But I've never been. It literally intercuts with two or three different stories. And you're on cliffhangers the whole time. And I actually banned myself from watching it alone at <laughs> yeah. the house. Because, you know, there's some rape uh, potential, yeah, yeah. murdery situations. situations, and I can't, then I don't sleep. Do you watch Locked Up Abroad? No. Fucking A. Dustin, do you watch Locked Up It is one of my favorite shows. I think it's on National Geographic or, you know, the Discovery Channel. It's it's all stories and it's done like documentary style where they interview a person, person tells the story and then they uh, cut in with reenactments. But I think the reenactments are actually filmed in the locations, but it's all people who tell stories about like, yeah, I was broke and I needed some money. And my friend told me if I went to Columbia and brought back this suitcase, and then it's just nothing but stories of people getting busted and going to prison in like Turkey or ah. Colombia. And like, it makes you not want to travel. Yeah, commit a crime. Definitely not. Why? Commit a you crime. can travel. Just keep it together. You know, stay on I the main travel. highways. No, just don't, you know, <laughs> go off the beaten path. I'm an easy target. I'm too tall. Um. <laughs> That guy's tall. He's got to be smuggling oh, something. Oh, wait. Speaking of those, the life-threatening thing. But anyway, that is very much like I survived. The, yeah. Those experiences. I don't know why. I think uh, I'm just... Um, uh, that, that. Okay. Um, <laughs> here's... Speaking of that, when, the only time... Because you're not in that situation very often where you are going to hopefully never... Yeah. Potentially lose your life. Can you survive? And then the will and what hap- What do you choose and what do you do to yeah. get through? Um, this so I, this just reminds me when we before we shot Natural Born Killers, we had to do a walkthrough of the prison because we shot that in one of the yeah. most violent prisons of the country. There's three at the time. That was one of them in Sh- in Saint Joliet, Illinois. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and so we do a tour. Now, mind you, you know, I learned these things. I'm, we're walking through. I'm the little wee girl of the yep. clan. So I started. And it's an active prison. 
Oh, it's it's so active that when we walked through, this is just tour. Like, hey, Oliver has a really. He's a wild guy, but yeah. he also, I don't know why, why are we touring a prison? I don't know. I think it's, oh, research. That's right. It's Oliver's um, perverse um, yeah. thing of let's research. So, and this is an environment you should know about. So we, uh, we uh, so first of all, we go in the, um, the warden's office. Uh-huh. He shows us a box of homemade weapons and he goes see this this box see this box this is the other guy's homemade weapons and it was like a little box with little shanks and he goes this is our homemade weapons in this prison he was like showing us how horrible this prison is and there were giant like machetes and homemade guns out of pens yeah and we're like okay we get it they make weapons and that's terrible and then he says uh, and then you have to read a thing. Don't wear uh, wear loose fitting clothing. You know, if you're a female, I'm like, okay. Uh, In case uh, they try and grab at you, you can. Well, no, just to look. They're literally you don't want to. Oh, stimulate. they don't want you looking attractive. Yeah, they don't want you to stimulate Ugh. like uh, these guys. So, but but then they made a joke. I was sitting there, and um, Oliver or the warden, one of them looks at me and goes, "Oh, they're gonna love you." And I said, why? Because my hair was short at the time. Yeah. Because oh, you look like a young boy. <laughs> I forget who said that joke. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's that cool. It's probably disturbing. Oliver. He has a great sense of humor like that. So we walk through and we're literally like, hey, I'm a foot away. We're walking by people's cells and the inmates are free because um, and the the cop who's leading us in doesn't have a gun on them. They're not allowed to have guns inside. But you have guys in cages with shotguns up above. If, if they do anything, but all I'm yeah. thinking is I'm the littlest thing. If someone's gonna get kidnapped, it's me. And um, but so I was a foot away, and it's like hi. And we saw this guy. He draws clowns because you look in this cell. There was nothing but like clown paintings. Oh, fuck, <laughs> man. That's like some Ted Bundy shit. It was. And then we get to this back, the most violent unit, and this guy says to me, he he goes, put your thumb in your mouth, girl. And I said, what? Because uh, they had been playing Cape Fear the week before I get there. In the it's guys who have TVs. So uh. all they remember is the thumb scene. But the point uh. is, the point to that story is you just, you just, you just walk through, and I go into a giddy headspace. I'm like, ah! Oh, okay. <laughs> not for, it's like the same when I got a tattoo. I'm not just in, an uncomfortable. I just when there's pain or something dark, I go into. I laugh. I don't know. I go mm-hmm. into some other. Thing yeah. That's irrational. My uh, my dad and mom both work at a maximum security prison. You're kidding. No, I'm my learning. dad's a doctor at a max. Or he just retired wow. a few years ago, but my dad was a doctor at a maximum security prison. And my mom worked in the like the office. She was a nurse, but she w- just worked in the office doing clerical stuff. And um, yeah, the stories that my dad, like, because he would have to fix these guys up. Yeah, and they must and, injure themselves, too, to try to get out. Or the, I remember the first, because... He didn't always. He worked at a regular hospital for a long time, but I remember when he started working at the prison. Like the one of the first fucking stories he told me was like one of the first guys that came in to the you know infirmary to see him was a guy who had tried smuggling a razor blade oh, no. out into the yard to kill somebody, 
but he tried smuggling it in his ass. No, he didn't. Yeah. No, he didn't. Did he bubble wrap it? I mean, he wrapped it. He wrapped it in toilet paper. Ah, uh, yeah. And then put it in his ass, and then the toilet paper dissolved. Melted. It melted. No. <laughs> and then just sliced up his fucking no. ass. I'm like, fuck, Dad, you gotta fucking get out of there. But they loved my father because he could, would fix them up and I'm like, sure. like he was. My dad was the only person that the prison that the prisoners were like, yeah, you're good, yeah, you fix us, you take care of us, yeah. And uh, there, one time, uh, a, a guy came in. He was like a new prisoner, and he came into the infirmary. And he was t- complaining to my dad. He's like, yeah, my back hurts. I think I need Vicodin. Like okay. he just wanted pills. Uh-huh. My dad was like, no, I'm not going to give you pills, and. Uh, so the guy got really pissed off and like threatened to kill my dad. He's like, I'll fucking kill. The guards had to come in and like take him out. And then when the regular prisoners heard about this, Uh-oh. they beat that guy oh almost God. to death. That's oddly touching. So bad. That's yeah, so it is. Touching. So bad that he had to like go to a hospital outside. <laughs> he really needed For like in. weeks. And, <laughs> and then when he came back, the. The fucking prisoners made him go in and apologize to my father. What? My dad was like the fucking godfather. Wow. My dad loved that, too. My dad thought it was awesome. He went to bed really touched. Like, that is so moving, Uh, what they did for me. He went in there, like, being the most, you know, kind of narrow-minded Republican. And then you came out of there going, some of those guys are all right. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Um. What does that mean? They had uh, lodging where it's in the no, like they near the prison in, in the town, no. oh, okay, like outside of it, and um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm still I'm never like <laughs> like gotten comfortable with the fact that they're like my dad doesn't. My mom still works there, and I'm just like God, get fucking retire already. I know it really goes. I mean, we could get into a whole deeper. Because it like I just feel like it, um, people do bad things and and can are you know can mm-hmm. change and learn and there's so many stories I mean pr- I'm I'm but then there's my own judgment too I'm just like nah really you tortured and did A B and C I don't I don't want to know you I don't yeah. even want you here taking up space but well Juliet we what? have someone here to meet you. <laughs> Big Hank, get in here. <laughs> this, this prisoner comes in and just tortured and beat someone. I'm going to be your new friend, Juliet. But that's funny <laughs> because have, we have to live amongst uh, people, you know, that you may or may not care for and, and get along and all that good stuff. We're going to take a very quick break and uh, be right back. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is the commercial break where I say... Uh, if you're liking what you're listening to, go on to iTunes and, uh, first of all, subscribe, like us, love us, leave us a review. Um, I don't even care if you leave me a shitty review. I don't care. Uh, (laughs) and yeah, please give us a good review because I'm obviously dying of something that's worked its way into my lungs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah uh that would help out a lot and um yeah enjoy the rest of the show and we're back with my good friend 
Julian <laughs> Lennon. <laughs> oh, Lewis. Julian Juliet Lewis. This is close. What's your favorite uh, color? Oh, come on. <laughs> it changes. Here's my problem, Steve. Yeah. And I don't, we don't need to, well, I guess, what am I going to talk about? My, my problems there. I, we can talk about your problems. I switch. I'm a contradiction. Aren't we all, right? Sure. But could I commit? The point is the color. That simple question. That's I don't have one. That's got to be the hardest one. question, I think. It depends on hardest? my mood. Everything depends on how I'm feeling that day or that You know what I think is my hour. favorite color? And it kind of disturbs me that I think this gray. Wow. Is that weird? That's a weird answer, right? Yeah. Not even black or just like gray. gray. Actually, I love the color gray. But when you said that, I have some like soft gray outfits <laughs> that are really, they're really pretty. So I'm not, Can I borrow one? I understand. <laughs> it's a soft gray. Speaking like of hard gray. Uh, yeah. Just, just a, sharp a slate gray. In your face gray. Okay. <laughs> I like, yeah. I grew up with a mom who um, she went to art school and and there's something this color wheel. But then somewhere you learn you're a summer or you're a winter or you're a spring. Yeah. And she was obsessed with her color palette. And then she enforced (laughs) it on us kids. But I was eight. I was eight years old. And she I remember the day I learned to ditch school. Like, just don't go. I learned this and I yeah. like, bye, I'm walking to school and yeah. then ditched oh, in second grade. Of your life. Yeah, but you turn into a criminal because I was like on the run and like the Did law. you ever get arrested? Uh, Is there a mugshot of Juliette Lewis out there somewhere? Yeah. What yes, did you get arrested Steve. for? Dude, that story was boring. Okay, whatever. No, no. I, I, the point is she had put me in a forest <laughs> green, a forest green outfit. It was like really into green. Okay, arrests. <laughs> yeah. You want to know about arrests? We can Steve? talk about my run-ins with the law too. Um, here we don't have to if you don't want to. By the way, I have no. I've talked about it before. I don't care. Here's the thing: you're not gonna find it online because I was a juvenile. They Do you don't have it? You have a copy of it? Mugshots. Who am I? Um. Yes. Here's what happened. I want to see it. Can I see I it? I have a mug. Oh, it's a funny story. Do I go into it? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Because even how I got the mugshot, I got it from the cop because I've made friends with him, and I was like, first of all, Is he this a fan? this cop. No, this is before my acting days. Uh. Well, I mean, like I must have done some little stuff. I moved out really early. You know, I lived on my own. I, my parents are progressive bohemian. Whatever. They'd probably hate that I use the word bohemian. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was, like, working when I was young. So I was living in a, in a grown-up world, but like, still a kid. I was 15. I wanted to go out dancing. Like you had your own apartment at 15? Yes. Fuck, that's that a, my dad Were you emancipated? Yes. And this the technical is, term? it is, but here's the thing. I, my parents helped me get emancipated because you just means you'd get hired more. Yeah. And so what's so annoying about the media and even on Wikipedia, I can't get it changed. I can't even change my own facts to be true <laughs> on Wikipedia, but they, uh, they don't, the, it's different if you get emancipated with the help of your parents. I'm not trying to, uh, it's not because of my, I have a problem. The stigma people think are like. Is it divorcing like, your parents? Oh, it's, it was ugly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, because that's, I guess, what it was. But this was like the child labor law, so you can just work normal hours. Yeah. Okay, what are we talking about? You had your own place at 15 I, and you I got was, arrested. Yeah, I lived with my best friend. I was 15. <laughs> I I wanted to go out dancing. I was bored. Um, it's so boring, like, how I got arrested. So we go out dancing, some club in Hollywood, you know, like, woohoo, this is a fun nightlife. What's going on here? We, the, the, the cop come in literally like, this is a raid, you know, like that intense in the dance floor, the music stops. And apparently the club I was in did not have its liquor license. So it's really the club's fault. But the cop said, anybody who's under the age of 18, raise your hand and we'll let you, yeah, raise your hand and we'll let you go. They lied. Raise your hand. We'll let you go. We raise our hand. I'm with my drunk friend who <laughs> I did not hang out with after this yeah. event because she was really annoying. Um, so we go in the alley. We're handcuffed. The cop starts lecturing us. Drunk friends like, and I'm like, would you shut up? Because she's just <laughs> egging him on to get yeah. lectured by authority yeah. cop. Um, he puts us in the cop car. Like, why are you bored? Why are you going to take two teenagers and arrest them? <laughs> and I think he was bored. Um, so the whole time I was sitting in the back seat to the cop, I'm like, do you know I live on my own and I pay rent? You know, this is me. And I'm like, <laughs> just as being a smart ass. Yeah. And I said to him, I go, uh, when we're at the place, it's like, oh, shit, we're going to get our pictures taken, like, for a month. We're going to get our picture taken. And I said. <laughs> we're going to get our <laughs> picture taken. Smile. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking yeah. we're going to get this we're event get documented. Because yeah. this is an event. It's official. Again, me, dramatic child, like, wow, what a scene. So I <laughs> say to him. I go, hey, uh, do you think I could get a copy of my mugshot? Because that would make good artwork. That's amazing. That's me. That's amazing. I said this. I said, that would make really great artwork for my apartment. Can I get a copy of my mugshot? So then my poor dad comes at 5 a.m. And he, the cop, as we're leaving, hands me, my dad and me, the mugshot with a little wink. And then my dad got it blown up. Awesome. You know, like fa- like fa- daughter, like father. He got it blown up. He's proud. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah. Because it, and then it was a piece of artwork. And then this this is such a long fucking story. No, is this is asleep? a great story. I want to see that. Okay, then shot, by well, the way. it's in my living room. But now <laughs> here's the thing: is it's got silk screen and it's pink because this guy named Russell Young in New York mm-hmm. was doing a mugshot. It was silk screening famous people's mugshots. Yeah. And so he did mine, and then it's huge and it's awesome. It's like a Warhol style. Yeah. Like, oh, I gotta see that exactly. So it's in my living room. You should, why don't you make that your profile photo on Twitter? Well, I actually was. I was going to make it my first EP in the album yes. cover, oh and I God. fucking should have. Well, it's not too late. I know. Well, it's I too might late do. to make it your first album cover. It but. might be the next one. I'm, and I did. It was my first. It was actually my first T-shirt. Somewhere, people, somebody out there has my mugshot on a T-shirt. I, I really want to see that. Yeah, it's. It, what's hilarious about it is. I had my hair up and I took it down like, oh, I'm getting my picture taken. And I didn't. <laughs> I, I did. 
Such I, a girl. Such a girl. I didn't <laughs> smile. I wanted to, but the, I thought the girl would shut me up. I would like quit smiling because she was pretty scary. <laughs> but so I had this like Mona Lisa mischievous smile. Yeah. And my hair is down, but it looks ratty. So I literally cool. look like some street urchin. <laughs> Um, That's drug awesome. addicts and it's hilarious and I was I was just trying to dance I love that you had the the awareness to ask for the mugshot because I think most people are either like too drunk or they're terrified yeah. to even be like hey by the way can I get a That's go? the thing is I was I, I wasn't drunk and because of my two very funny parents I never had this this over I don't know this you huge reverence of... of authority. No, in fact, I have like that uh, uh, a healthy defiance. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I think it'd be different if I thought I was doing something. You were wrong. only guilty of wanting to go dancing. Yeah, of being in footloose. I was always afraid of you know. I never got arrested, but I came close many times. You know, getting busted, buying pot, or I got stopped a few times driving drunk, and the cops didn't arrest me. They're like. <laughs> They're like, you're 17. This is going to be a lot of paperwork. So just get, yeah, get home. Normally, I'm like, do. fuck, man. Paperwork. Really? You're going to let me fucking drive home and I am obliterated oh my God. 17 in a Trans Am? <laughs> like, that's crazy. But I was always afraid. I was like, my dad will skin me alive yeah. if he finds out. Yeah. They won't be cool. Yeah, I had parents that I, if you look at that, like God love them, but they were a little bit too lenient. Yeah. That's why you have this little cracker pants sitting here. Uh, cracker pants. <laughs> the name of your next album should be cracker, cracker pants, pants and your mugshot. Little Cracker Jacks. Little Cracker That's Jacks. why I, I probably could have used a little more discipline as a child, I think. I don't know. What no, that, I think it's better, though. How I was raised then, if you have too much. But it's cool you have a completely open relationship. I'm at a point yeah. now where I'll, if I'm visiting my parents, I will, because they can't do anything to me now, because yeah. I'm grown up, I will now, I confess shit that I did. And they're just like sitting there with their mouths open going, <laughs> you, you took our Mercedes and yes. puked in it twice. <laughs> like, yep. And I'm like, I'm surprised you guys didn't know, because I figured they they knew. I mean, they found out eventually and sent me to military school, obviously, because I cut the roof off of the shop teacher's car with a welding torch. What? Yeah. God, you were a rebel, Steve. And I only did that because I thought it would be funny. I wanted wow. to tell my friends, like, I went into the shop class, and there was this car in the middle of the room, and the windows were out because he used it for the... <laughs> the kids in shop to practice on his car and the windshields were out. So it was literally just four cuts on the four corners of the roof <laughs> and it was off. <laughs> so that they'd be like, who's the guy that um, just cut the roof off that yeah, car? This square old man in his topless, you know, Cadillac. See, that's another level. That's the silent damager. I yeah. just made that up. I don't know. This, that's another name for your next album, The Silent Damager. We both share that in common of like the stealing cars. Because I would, I would take my my dad's car in the middle of the night and like drive to Hollywood. Where did, where, did you grow trouble. up in the valley? Yeah, exactly. In Tarzana. Oh. Tarzana, kid. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, 
818 till I die. Yeah, well, that's Brody. We yeah. we forever are bonded because he's always shouting out Reseda. And yeah. I like hung out with dudes in Reseda. I like Tarzana. Yeah, it's all right. It's a weird world because like we had a ranch. We kind of had a ranch house with chickens and horses. So really? Yeah, you wouldn't think of that, but you can have that in the valley, that kind of life. I'm horribly allergic to horses. Okay. Like more than like... I have allergies to cats, but not all cats. I can't get near a horse. Wow. Like, it's horrible. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter because they scare the shit out of yeah. me anyway. This I remember crazy. when I was six years old, my parents took me and my sister to go horseback riding. I'd never been on a horse before. And so they put me up on this horse. And as soon as I get on the horse, the fucking horse just ran. Yes! It just fucking oh. ran. And I was six. I didn't know how to yes. stop it. I was just screaming and crying, and this horse just ran down a dirt road for like three miles with people running after me. How did you ever stop that? You it usually just fall off. It eventually just stopped on its own and just started eating wow. grass. And you're like, <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I'm fucking never. And that was the last time I think I was on a horse. Yeah. It's, it's weird because I had to ride a horse for this movie, a weird movie nobody saw. Um, with a French crew. Vincent Cassell was in it. Michael Mass. Hey, little cracker pants. What? Cracker pants. Now I don't. Jeez. Now I said that. No, what's this? What was it? Uh, so this movie, I forgot. It was like a Western. I forgot what they ended up calling it, but I had to ride horses. And this was just like 10 years ago. And I... When I was a kid, I rode horses when I was 11. I'd ride bareback, and we'd set up jumps, and I was, like, fearless about it. We all were. (laughs) And then I had to ride. It's just weird that I had fear now that you develop later. I don't want to get on a horse. That's also, I mean, not because of horses. That's also, you're more aware of your your mortality. Yeah, that's it. I remember the moment that happened for me, because, like, I grew up rock climbing and like, and when you're a kid, you'll climb a tree like with no fear at all. And I remember when I was in high school, when I was at military school, the, I remember the moment it all changed. That's when I started having panic attacks and everything. And I became aware that, oh my God, this is all just temporary. I saw two of my friends wrestling and they fell on the ground and one of them cracked his head open on a brick cinder block. Oh my God. Like, cracked open like you could see every and there was just on a lime green tile floor just a pool of blood and i was like fuck and it and it wasn't until like half an hour later that i was at dinner eating and like all of a sudden i couldn't swallow my oh, food and i was like shit. having a really bad panic attack that's the moment it all started for me because i was like reality. oh and then i'm like a fucking afraid of everything yeah that can lead to that <laughs> yeah what happened to the friend he he grew a second head no he was fine he went and got stitches and he did yeah he was fine i'm the one who suffered for his accident this oh that reminds me again (laughs) of i survived the show it's embedded in my mind now this girl are you a producer on that show no why are you mentioning that show i don't even know because you (laughs) but of how it affects the other person this girl they were driving along like rough terrain and a branch 
uh, a tree branch fell and impaled it. it oh. The girl, it like um, smashed through the window and jabbed her right next to her jugular and it's sticking out oh, the other side. Oh, Jesus. And they just stop right. and they crash. And so the the boyfriend, the way she's describing the story is that the boyfriend slowly becomes a total useless idiot that she has to talk into, not just drive. We're going to, we have to drive yeah, through yeah, the thing, yeah, yeah. you know, and he couldn't, uh, they go to a station oh, and the lady's fuck. like, uh, he's having trouble breathing right now. He's inside. We can't, so we can't really rely on him. I'm going to try and get an air a helicopter. Oh. But like he was just down for the count and she's sitting there with a, a branch tree in her neck for hours. I had, uh, I had one of those moments where when I was rock climbing, one of the last times I ever rocks climbed, I was climbing by myself. I hiked like out in the middle of nowhere. You're crazy. 127 hours type shit where I'm, and I'm just climbing a rock that I'd climbed a hundred times before. And I slipped and fell like 25, 30 feet, like broke a couple ribs. Uh, oh my God. Dislocated. I'm all this shit about you. Dislocated and tore my rotator cuff. Like I could barely breathe because my ribs were like poking into my lungs. And I was like in really bad shape. And then I had to hike by myself like three miles back to my car. Which was a stick shift, which I then had to drive with a no, dislocated. No, this is these are the stories shoulder. I'm watching, and you lived Just them. Drenched in sweat, that was the fucking worst. But you got yourself back. And yeah, it's one of those. Thing? Yeah, the shit your your body will put I up with to survive. You're my hero right now because my my the things I've endured are usually psychological. <laughs> I've had plenty of psychological, yeah. They're not well, some physical danger, but not like that. That's pretty impressive. Steve. Well, we should go rock climbing sometime. Great. <laughs> I've actually good. been thinking about getting back into it again. It's such good exercise. I think you should. Such good, good exercise things to do. Yeah. You just do them with, you know, you don't go alone. Yeah. You, you leave a note for a friend yeah. where you're going to be. You sure. Know, little precautions. Let's do a couple questions. Okay, I, yeah, Because I ahead. tweeted for people to ask questions. Oh, yeah, right? we got to do We'll this. do like a rapid fire. Here's what, can I give a message to the people? Or of we're course. not closing out right now. Not yet. I don't even know the lingo. Closing time. Closing out. Okay. The closing time. Tom waits. Is things on the internet are annoying. <laughs> are you calling my podcast? No, oh, no, not this. <laughs> I meant facts. Because I was yeah. going to say you might do a little thing. Even IMDb, it's like, no, this, this is not happening. This is Wikipedia. But nobody, maybe no one cares. Yeah. They're just listening to myself now. Hopefully. I don't know. What did I say? Can we just edit what I just said? That was weird. No. Yeah, we'll do something with that. I don't do um, whatever you want. You can put just me asking the editor. I don't care. Oh, here's one from Eric O'Connor. What's it like talking with Steve Agee? <laughs> do we say his name Eric O'Connor? We can. Well, what's his at? We got to give him you know, uh, it, a shout it, out. Uh, it's or you just said it. Oh, you're on the mic. Brew bom at Brew Bombers. At Brew Bombers had a question. What this has been an amazing experience talking to Steve. I've learned time. so many things. I learned he stole cars. He survived. I didn't steal them. I chopped them up. 
No, but oh, this Trans Am. Oh, we really learned that you rode a Trans Am. I mean, when you were I did seventeen, have a tra- Trans Am. That's yeah. ridiculous. But my first car was uh, an El Camino. Okay, which what? was awesome, badass El Camino. All I, I need to ask with that: Did you ever blast Kiss or Van Halen running Van Halen, running with the devil? Sure, did you sure. blast that? Of course. Oh my God! Who are you? I was never a huge Kiss fan. I grew to like Kiss later in life, but like it just goes Van with Halen, the car. Van Halen, absolutely. Yes. And my friend Doug, my friend Doug Sampson, who I haven't seen since high school. I don't know what he's doing these days. He had, you know, how people can take a Volkswagen Bug and make it into an off-road, like the, a Baja yes. Bug, they call them. Yes. With like suspension and yeah. the engine on the outside. My friend Doug Sampson had. The shittiest old Baja bug, and he took duct tape and made the Van Halen, you know, logo, the VH, on both doors of his car. He was God fucking love him. Doug Sampson was awesome. Okay. So yeah, um, so we learned that. I learned your parents work uh, uh, in the in a prison, and yeah. and that you uh, were held at gunpoint in Mexico. Mexico. I mean, I have a lot of respect for this man, what, Eric. Uh, Eric. Bombers, bomber, brew bomber, brew bomber. What was what was your first car that you owned, not stole? No, yes, that I bought. <laughs> it was a used car. It was a Toyota Celica, and it was a. All I know is my only criteria. I'm not. A, I don't know much. I'm not a car person. Was that the lights go? Vroom. Oh yeah, I call them boom the lights. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want lights. They come vroom. out of the hood. And that was my. I was did they ever? Because I had a car that did that too. Did they ever break while they would open? <laughs> Mine did not break. But anyway, that was my first car. I crashed it. We'll yeah. do some really quick fire. The type of shit you probably get answered. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Asked on a lot of junkets. But what's the, your favorite movie that you've ever been in? Um, see three pop up, but I'll, for emotional, mind blowing experience was, uh, you know, uh, challenged in the, and everyone involved, um, was the Gary Marshall directed the other sister. Oh, wow. Yes. And not a lot of people. I love Gary Marshall. I met him doing Sarah show. He guest starred on an episode. Yeah. So you see what a beautiful man he is. Awesome. Um, he, and in, in the set, it was just one of these roles I didn't know I could do. I didn't know if I would pull it off mm. and it was really challenging. So, so that was intense and it was after a break I took after I like quit drugs when I was 22. So mm. I like took two years off. And so it was like a big challenging thing. So, um, and then the other, but then I had to say three, uh, natural born killers in Cape fear. Yeah. Yeah. For many different reasons, because I think those three movies are the ones that shaped me, my ability the most, like where I had the most growth or, um, I don't know. Yeah. Oliver Stone, Martin Scorsese, or Gary Marshall, Marshall, which is your favorite? Who is the most, who is the? uh, Scorsese. I had, because that's a first for me that to me, I consider him. My first teacher. Like, yeah. I, I look at a lot of my directors as my teachers because I'm not formally yeah. trained. And he was the first director that gave me confidence in my instincts. Yeah. And he, he handled me with like a light touch. He didn't. In, Did he invade. let you improvise? Yeah. You I mean, are- no, 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 no. We actually, it was all well written. Really, uh, we improvised like two lines on the, this big scene with De Niro. But no, it was in the not auditorium? Improvised. Yeah. Yeesh. 
It was not, it was, <laughs> it was planned. The thing is, he just gave me so much confidence and made me go, Oh, like quit second guessing yourself. You got, you know what it. you're doing. He said to me, he gave me one of the biggest compliments I've ever had. He said, uh, when we were doing that scene with De Niro in the auditorium, he, I come back. Because he didn't also talk to me a lot. He just left me alone, which was that in and of itself. Scorsese did? Or yeah, did it, Scorsese did. And that in and of itself, because he was like, she doesn't need a lot of hand-holding. She's doing a good job, so that helps you grow. But I'd come to him every now and then and be like, hey, so you want me to do anything different? How's it going? And he goes, he's really excited. And he's like, I don't know who, who to cut to. Ugh. I don't know who to cut to. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know who to cut to. He's so Meaning excited. I, he goes, I might do split screen. I might do split screen. I'm thinking about doing this split screen. Me and De Niro, because he didn't know who he wanted to watch more. And I'm like, okay. He seems so odd. He s- seems like one of those directors that's so just excited. He's lit about up. To be working. Because he loves movies. And to be around somebody that passionate, it makes you more passionate. From seven in the morning till at night, he never, his energy never wavered and his enthusiasm for what he was doing that day. So I've never worked with anybody like him. He's what about De Niro? How is he? He intense. Okay. De Niro (laughs) taught, well, this, this, that was a big movie for me because De Niro taught me about professionalism. And what I mean by that is, I think that was a big movie for everyone involved. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, he, no, what was awesome about him is you don't, you know, contrary to urban legend, he doesn't bring his process to the set, like his baggage to the set. I don't know what he's doing to prepare. He just, when he shows up, he shows up on time. He's in it. He's focused. And you, you don't know about the, the other stuff. I would learn from Marty, from Scorsese. He'd go, he'd go, oh, I just came for Bob's trailer. He's speaking in tongues with a gospel singer in his <laughs> trailer in, with a piano, with an organ. And yeah. I'm like, I didn't know that's what he was doing to prepare. Yeah. Um, but he Holy was, he, you know, he's a man of a few words and he's, he's just in the zone. And once you step on that, in that space with him, you're, you're locked in and you better, you better bring it. He, it was amazing to work with him. So yeah. jealous. I want to do that again. I don't Good know. for you. Um, and this is from Tiago Brain. They're from uh, South America. Are you coming to Argentina soon? Do you have a, a, a other question? Do you have any albums coming out soon? Or are you going to tour? I'm going to release a record next year um, by the summer. And I will definitely tour South America. I've not been to enough. Uh, actually, I played like a handful of shows over there. So I, my intention, I, I just want to cover the globe. It's yeah. just a big passion for me and i'll definitely release more music and i'm so excited because the, the new music is super you fun. played me a couple songs in your car that you were working it's on. it's super really fun good. and contagious but lyric oriented like i just you know i have a few things i want to say who's your who are some <laughs> of your favorite musicians um see that's so hard because i'm influentially what influential like you got your songs have a very glam feel you know well, like a, yeah i don't know it's it's usually because i switch gears all the time so it's like who i'm listening to now like my younger brother turned me on to a lot of weird 
music. So I was listening to the Hot Snakes. Mm. Some punk band. Do you know them? No. Oh. I'm really out of touch with Yeah, music. no, it's some old. I'm the type of person that, like, I really listen over and over the to shit the that same I things. already have. That's what I do, too. So what did I put on? I was cleaning my house. I put on a missing persons record. Mm. I have vinyl. Yoo-hoo. Nothing Vinyl. So I don't, I can't tell you my influence. It changes every record. Okay. I've been listening to, um, tones on tail because they have weird do you, beats when and you, noise. Uh, Baja. Your, your past recordings, do you also press on vinyl? Yes. All of them have records. Uh, yeah. Vinyl and this, this one, it'll be interesting. It's a weird time. It's like, Right now, you're, you release digital, I don't even, for five bucks. I don't even know if people make How do you make fucking CDs. make money in the music touring, right? You, it's through touring and telling, selling t-shirts. And I have no idea. I just know all I care about is supporting my tour, pay, you know, paying my musicians and being able to make another record. So, and I have a good management team now who, I don't know, maybe they'll figure it out. It was so weird. I, when I was coming back from Joshua Tree, I stopped at a Best Buy, and uh, I think I needed a phone charger. And I was like, fuck, I want to get some new music. And I went over to, you know, they have the big overhead sign where it says DVDs or music. And I go over to the music section, and literally the rock sec- <laughs> rock and blues is one no, fucking rack. Of, yeah. you know, one side of a rack. You know, raps on the other side yeah. and then countries on another. It was so fucking small. I was like, I guess if you want something, you just got to find it on a, online on MP3. That just painted the most depressing picture just now, like the dinosaur era, like the last relics yeah. of what was. But thank God for places like Amoeba you yeah. know, or Atomic Records, who I love yeah. Dearly. That's Atomic Records probably my favorite record store for like they they only sell like used records, Yay. like vintage stuff. They're fucking awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to be starting to phase out CDs. Like I still travel with a CD player. Like a Walkman? <laughs> yeah. Like a Discman? Full Discman. Shit. But I am realizing like the technology thing is starting to seep in my head because I downloaded songs for the first time like yeah. some months ago on my phone. Yeah. That's a revelation. That's I mean, weird too because usually I would buy them on like iTunes on my computer and yeah. then sync it up. Now I'm, I am just, just started like going, oh, I can do it on, on my your phone. phone. That's, it's amazing. Um, But what would we say? Yeah, the the touring oh and what's interesting now is i now i'm being hired as a singer uh, uh i guess it's called a feature when you sort of do a, a bit on somebody play else's, on someone else's album yeah and yeah. so like you know because i have a healthy uh, i don't know little thing going in in the uk and other places in europe and i just worked with this artist named dj fresh and that was a trip because in that that's like I worked with the Prodigy when I first came out. Really? Eight, yeah, eight Shit, years ago they invited awesome. me on, and that kind of collaboration is so exciting for me because it's a different genre. It's electronic music, and it's all beat driven and and hooks. It's just different way to songwrite. It's mm-hmm. a different way to songwrite, and so I I like that too. So I did that. That'll come out. So it's DJ Fresh. We did some trippy song. Fire and Water, it's called. I think it'll be on his record later this year. Yeah, the stuff that you played me in we the car. To, we went to a show at the Echo, yeah, a comedy show, mm-hmm. Eddie Pepitone show, yeah. And you played me some stuff, and it was very different. It had like some 
elect there's a lot of electric elements to it like yeah drum, percussive Beats, stuff yeah yeah and a little synth in there but it's still rock and roll was it still, still rock, rock and, roll? and roll to me still it sounded it sounded really good and there was one song as, <laughs> there was one song especially that i was like fuck i wish i had an mp3 of this right now because i listened to it a bunch i think that was queen and generation nothing uh, that's my three minute life story yeah, a lot of these questions are when she coming to South Africa, when she coming to South Yay! America. I uh, know I haven't been to South Africa yet. There's a festival there. There's all these places I want to go. I haven't I've been to Greece. See, I've been so many places, but here's the thing, I want to go all again. Brazil. I got a, a nice um cute little uh fan group in Brazil that yeah. I, I like a lot. Run I've by never this been to girl named Brazil Julia. Brazil is really one place I would like to go. Yeah, it's pretty magical. To me, half the time what makes a place is the people. And Brazil, that life energy over yeah. there. I played a festival that made me cry because it was so What beautiful. was the festival? Was it that uh, Rock and Rio? Yeah, Rock and Rio. There's two of them. You go, you play San Paulo and you play Rio. And it was this is the lineup. The Killers, Bjork, me, and then uh, a South American band. Um, and uh, it was... It was so amazing for me, Steve, this story, I just have to tell you real quick, is because when I first started, nobody, like, booking agents or people, they, they didn't want to book me because they thought I would get a movie job and just quit and leave the tour. <laughs> so, yeah. like, and yeah. same with trying to get music management. They're like, are you really serious? The whole question for five years is, are you really serious? Yeah. So now, four records later and touring the world, I'm like, yeah, I'm really serious. Yeah. But in the beginning, all I had is me, me talking about it. And I said, no, you don't under understand. I, I, I really I wanna want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. I want to go all the way to Brazil. And I just, Brazil, <laughs> I pulled it out of the the sky because to me it was the furthest away i've never been yeah four years later with my band the licks i was playing on that stage in brazil with bjork that's and a the big ass festival too. and it was fifty thousand people it was my biggest audience and i told that story to them with this whole like it's before this one song um you're vamping and telling yeah, that story I was vamping. <laughs> yeah, I and they like cheered and i cried and it was like goosebumps <laughs> it was amazing that's yeah. awesome. All right. Um, What's another question? Uh, please add, this is from Miss Goobs. Not doing any pervert questions. Miss Goobs. I, you know, there's a couple of those, and I deleted those people and right. blocked them. But uh, Miss Goobs uh, asked Juliet if she will come over to my house for lasagna dinner, LOLs, and high fives, maybe some old school Nintendo. <laughs> so I'm assuming that's a yes. <laughs> It's totally like a friend of yours. No, I don't know Miss Goobs. Miss <laughs> Goobs. I need to set you and Steve up. There, there's a picture of Miss Goobs. Holy moly, she's so cute. She's okay, horrible. well, listen. Lasagna, I hate to tell you, I'm doing this cleanse right now. Uh, I can't do it. Fucking A. <laughs> um, High fives, Miss Goobs. It's a lot of these. All right, so, mm -hmm. I mean, what... We've gone we've, a while. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. But if anyone, if I didn't get to any questions, which there are They're actually a lot so of questions, they can ask you on Twitter because you're one of the few people I know that actually responds to people. Every once in a while, I do. I mean, yeah, I know I haven't enough. I hit Juliet. Karmically, what? We're saying hit, goodbye. Hit what? Juliet up on. Uh, no, you can keep going. Oh, I'm yeah. just saying, if they want to ask you, it's at Juliet. Is it at Juliet Lewis? 
Or is it one of those at yeah. Real Juliet? No, you confused me by your confusion. Hit what? If you want to ask me stuff, I'll do or a follow Q&A. her. Oh yeah, follow. No, that's what I mean for a good time. It's at, at Juli- Juliet Lewis. Yeah, it's right. just so simple. No, I, but I, I own my own name. I know oh, some people are like amazing at thing. Juliet underscore Lewis, yeah. or, but you're the real deal. Thank and uh, are you have any work coming up that? I, I know have, you had it. You just got a gig that you're really excited about. I got an amazing about. job. Are you allowed to talk about it? Sort of. When does this air? Are we live? The week of the, tw- like August 10 20th? days-ish. Yes, I can tell you about it. I have uh, a job that I'm, haven't been this excited in I don't know how yeah. long. Um, it's called uh, August Osage County. I'm sure I'm saying Osage, Osage wrong, but... August Osage County. It's from a play that Tracy Letts wrote. It's amazing. It stars Meryl Streep, Julia Roberts, myself. They're still casting it. It oh, is. Oh, so I can get in on it. There you go. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I just auditioned you for the part so of Stoner cute. on CSI you really this morning. Did? Yeah. Oh, but anyway, tell us more about it. All right. So the. <laughs> You're starring with Meryl Streep. Yeah. I'm playing Stoner. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I'm going to get in on that. All right. Well, that's it's a it's an amazing part. It's a family drama. It's to me, it reminds me of like a Tennessee Williams play. It's cool. So intense. I love characters. And this is a girl that's to- she just talks incessantly, yeah. you know, much like this. Just kidding. She lives in denu- uh, delusion and denial. You know, I relate yeah. to that yeah. kind of stuff. So. That is you. Not really. No. Um, I can't wait. I'm going to shoot that in uh, September till November. And in then, LA? No, in a little town in Oklahoma. Cool. And then I'll be back making my record and then have it all come out next year. Yeah. Make it happen. That's great. Good for you. Thank you. And thank you for doing this. I, it really means a lot that you were my first guest. All right. Well, I hope it went well. No, I, I'm glad you asked me. Yeah. And maybe we'll do it next time. And next time we won't talk about we'll, my career. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about uh, you know. More camping trips. Yeah, we'll talk about cars and camping. Forming our own bandito gang. Yeah. Retaliation, we'll get some bandoliers man. and guns and we'll go to Mexico and we'll find those fuckers that threaten Got me. you. 20-something years later, they're getting it. Yeah. Thanks, follow Steve. yeah, follow Juliet at Juliet Lewis. I'm at Steve A G and uh thanks for listening. Yoo-hoo. Feralio.com is an artist friendly podcast collective. Hosted by castmates.fm. Host their own podcast at castmates.fm today. All of our artists reserve the rights to their materials. Your donations directly support your favorite artists, help pay for their show's production, and keep your favorite shows free. Visit fairaudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This outro features the music of the fancy. We are the fancy.net.